Well, good morning and welcome to WNCN uh, Radio, coming to you from Lorain, Ohio, uh, 89.1. And we're glad you turned in this day. Uh, what is this? Just about the end of 2020, David. Yeah. Hard to believe. December 30th. Wow. But it's been quite a year yeah. and uh, so many changes. You know, I was saying to somebody, every single thing, institution that we kind of put our faith or trust in, yeah. from entertainment to sports to the economy to the politics to schools, uh, favorite restaurant you want to go to, international and local travel, has been disrupted, let alone health. And as a good friend of mine says, in times of uncertainty, Get which that which doesn't change, that which is certain. And that's truly the word of God. You know, it's not a cliche, but Jesus says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall endure forever. So that's why we're focusing really on the scriptures. In the future, God willing, we're going to have special guests on. We've had a couple interesting ones in the past. Oh, yeah. Maybe some authors, the books, maybe get Dr. Sang on again and talk about depression and anxiety in a time like this from a psychiatric point of view. Mm -hmm. So I uh, want to talk to him about that. So today, what I thought we would look at, and uh, I'm here in the station with my good friend and assistant, David Abood. Welcome, David. Great to be here, John, as always. Good, good. And, um, you know, as this year closes out, I thought we'd take a, a glimpse and look at Jesus in the Psalms. Now, that's not often studied or preached or taught mm -hmm. necessarily, but it is a very important topic when you look at Jesus as he's revealed in the Psalms. Now, Jesus says this in Luke chapter 24. After his resurrection, he meets with his apostles in uh, chapter 24, verse 44, in, uh, in the upper room, you know, where they were going to gather. And he comes in there, and he's going to give them a Bible lesson, so to speak. And it says in verse 44, uh, Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms mm -hmm. concerning me. Mm. Okay, I'd yeah. like to have the tapes on that message he gave them. Right. But he's saying, I told you these things, that they must be fulfilled. The law of Moses means the first five books of the Bible, what we call the Torah. Mm -hmm. It's also called the Pentateuch in Greek. Mm -hmm. And then the prophets are all the prophets. You know, the big prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, the little prophets, Malachi, Micah. But the Psalms is the Psalms. It also includes Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. But the Psalms write about Jesus. And that's what we're going to look at today on this program and Jesus says in John chapter 5, we are to search the scriptures, for they testify of me. Right. Now, searching means we, we, we're intentional, we're looking, we're comparing scripture with scripture. And I think we're going to look at the, starting at the very beginning in Psalms and say, okay, mm -hmm. where do they show us a picture of Jesus? Where do they make a prediction or give us a clear picture well, yeah. of his ministry mm -hmm. or of the Messiahship? Now, just as a way of background... There's 150 psalms, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're divided into five books, um, you know, sections. And each section, like the first five books of the, uh, you know, there's first five mm -hmm. books in, uh, in the Old Testament, right. what we call Moses, but there's also mm -hmm. five major sections, how the psalms break down. And we're going to look at, starting in Psalm 1, where there's a special blessing a blessing or a um, result if we study the Psalms. But it's starting in Psalm 1, if you read verse 1 through 3. 
I don't know if you have that, David. But yeah, it shows the blessing that we receive uh, as we study the Psalms. And I think there's, you know, especially when we see Jesus presented in the Psalms. Sure. Psalm 1, um, verse 1 through 3. You got it. Um, blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who mediates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Okay, thanks, David. Yeah. So he's saying, um, really, how, how are you going to prosper in your spiritual life? How are you going to grow? Uh, well, it comes by meditating day and night on God's law. The law is another word for scriptures. Mm -hmm. And then he says, you'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water. So this tree goes down deep, brings its fruit in its season. The leaf shall not wither. I think of this time of the year, an evergreen tree or a Christmas tree. The, you know, when it's planted, it does. the leaf is year long. So we want to be continually spiritually refreshed in all different seasons yeah. of the year. Right. Hard times, good mm -hmm. times, bad times. Yeah. So that launches us into the Psalm 2, which where we're going to start seeing pictures of Jesus and glimpses mm. of Jesus. And this psalm is often quoted, we're going to see in a moment, in the New Testament. Hmm. And we start with just, let's look at verse um, Psalm 2, yep. verses 1, 2, and 3. Sure. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. Okay, so what's going on here? Now, this is written about a thousand years yeah. before Jesus comes, before the incarnation. And, uh, but notice what he's saying here. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take count. So it's just not one country or one group of people. This is like humanity. And, it, you know, what are they doing? They, they are, are coming against the Lord. Right. They don't want God in their lives, but they're not just against the Lord, but they're against his anointed. Yes. And what does anointed mean? It's Christ, Christus, you yeah. see. Uh -huh. So they're against God and they're against his anointed, yep. which is the Christ. Right. And look what they're saying to themselves. Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. Yeah. In other words, they're saying we don't want any control. We want to be our own people. We want to do what we want to do, uh, any kind of sin we want to do. We don't even want God in the picture. Yeah. They want no moral restraint. Yeah. Now, how about that today? Mm. It was like that back then. Why this is so interesting is when you see how this is used in the New Testament regarding uh, the fulfillment. In Acts chapter 4, uh, when you go there, you'll see how this is clearly presented uh, in the ministry of the apostles reflecting back on Jesus. Mm -hmm. They say in Acts chapter 4, after yep. they had basically um, put Peter uh, and John in custody for a right. short while, forbid them to preach the gospel. The apostles come back together. He gets freed, miraculously. And then in chapter 4, he gets all together with the other believers and some apostles, and they're praying and thanking God. And they say this uh, in verse 25 and 26 of Acts chapter 4. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, 
our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Against his anointed one. Yeah. How are they against the anointed one? <clears throat> they just took some of his followers, his yeah. children, and threw them in prison and beat them up. So he's taken from here. I call this like cut and paste. Mm -hmm. He's taken that very yeah. scripture in Psalm 2, bringing it fast forward. And once you start understanding mm -hmm. this principle, you'll see why the word of God is just so complete. You yeah. know, these threads. All right, continue on Psalm 2. And look at God's response to this rebellious attitude that mankind has on earth. Look at uh, Psalm 2, verse 4 through 6. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. Okay, so now God is speaking. And he says, you don't want authority? God is laughing. What These mere men, what they're rebelling yeah, against. Right. But he says, what I'm going to do, I'm going to give my authority, my king. See, that's Jesus. I'm going to, I'm going to have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. This is a, a Messiah is coming. Remember when Jesus comes in on Palm right. Sunday and everybody right. says, blessed is who mm -hmm. comes to the name of the Holy you know. So he is the king. Uh, he was born a king, you know, when the wise men yeah. came to see yeah. When he dies, even Pilate puts on the on a mm -hmm. board above the cross, King of the Jews. You see, but we know Jesus is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. One day he's coming back and God will install him as King of Kings and, and he'll rule and reign in right. the righteous yeah. kingdom. Mm -hmm. Now, the scene shifts here to, that's the Father speaking, but now it shifts to the Son um, is, is, is making reference now. If you look at verse 7 and 8. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I've become your father. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance. The ends of the earth, your possession. See that? Now, yeah. from Jesus' point of view, he is saying, I will declare the decree or the pronouncement. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Right. Today I've begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. What did the devil try to do in the wilderness temptations with Jesus? He says, bow down before yes. me and I'll give you all these nations. Yeah, all these nations, but right. He, the, we do, he, he is going to take ownership of all these nations. It's going to come from the Father. And that's what we studied in the book of Revelation. He says, the nations are for your inheritance, the ends of the earth for your possession. He's yeah. going to rule it all one yeah. day. Just like we're at the ends of the earth compared to Israel at that time. We're on yeah. the other side of the earth. Right. But notice, you shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like... Now, here he comes in the violence. Here he comes in his wrath. See? Mm -hmm. That's why today is the day of salvation. It's a, Anyone that calls upon the name of the Lord, if you'll confess the Lord Jesus Christ with their mouth and believe in your heart that God is raised, you will be saved. But don't let it go when you face his wrath. You see, that's what he's saying here. He's going to come and, and they're rebellious and everything. You'll see this in the book of Revelation and you know he's coming in his wrath. Then the Holy Spirit, in a sense, is speaking here. Verse 10. Therefore, you kings, be wise, be warned, you rulers of earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. See? Yeah. See? Have this awe of God. Um, uh, <clears throat> rejoice in him. Right. But then what does he say in verse 12? Kiss his son, or he will be angry, 
and your way will lead to your destruction. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Now you see there. Oh, yeah. Very clear. It's saying right. have a relationship. Kiss the right. sun. You know, right. um, cherish him. Uh, you don't want him to be angry. One of the mm -hmm. titles in the book of Revelation of Jesus, mm -hmm. the, the wrath of the mm -hmm. lamb. It's come upon the earth. Right. The wrath of the lamb, which is a strange kind of a title. But he says, but it says, when his wrath is, blessed are all those who put their trust in him. Yeah. So he, he's offering, okay, you want to go your own way? You want to rebel against God and do your own thing? There's a coming judgment. Right. You, you can avoid it. Or if you want to respect, fear God, accept his son, uh, you can have a blessed. It says, blessed are those who put their trust in him. So it ends on a real high note. But this is Psalm 2. Again, this thing is repeated. You'll see references to this in the New Testament. Uh, but you'll see this idea where the son is coming for his inheritance. The earth belongs to him. Uh, you know, nations belong to him. So there it is right there in uh, very clearly in um, Psalm 2. Did you have something to share on that? Well, no. You know, I, I think we've talked about this before. You know, as much as he's a forgiving God, mm. we also have to have that fear of God. I mean, it's a, <clears throat> it's kind of a double-edged sword, and I think... Um, the fear of God uh, allows us to actually um, get more favor because yeah. we're, you know, it, it's it's kind of interesting how it works. It's a symbiotic relationship almost where, you know, you start to fear God, you get into the word more, you start to obey him more, and you get more favor. Yeah, You get his hedge of protection. It's kind of like when we had Dean Sherman on uh, uh, a couple weeks ago where he talked about we already have the armor when we become... You know, um, when we take Jesus as our Lord and right. Savior, but we can enhance its strength when we do certain things mm -hmm. by being in the word, by doing what's right, by staying humble, trying to remove bitterness. And it strengthens, it kind of turbocharges your armor. But, you know, um, it's it, the, the big issue for all of us. And I, I hope that, you know, events like this get people to really search uh, their soul for um, their own belief system. Mm -hmm. But these are times now where we have to get closer to God, and he wants that. He wants us to know that even during these historic times, he is consistent and he is there for us. And we're also, a lot of us are alone so much. Yeah, right. This is almost the perfect time to slow down and explore the Bible. Exactly right. It's a great time because uh, you have a lot more time on your hands. You're not commuting to work in a lot of cases this year. So that hour and a half, two extra hours a day, even showering, getting up, shaving, you know, add another 40 minutes onto that, you've got time to explore this, maybe the first time in your life. Plus you can put a tape on, right. or put a CD in. Right. You can listen to YouTube. Yes. So if you're driving yeah. or something, you can actually be passively mm -hmm. getting the Word of God in yeah. you. And we're going to talk about this mm -hmm. on, in terms of memorizing Scripture in another program, David. It's, right. It's, what it does is it actually re reorients your thought yeah. and your subconscious because you get God's word is not like any other book. It's a living word, and if you can get that in, if we can get that into our, as the Bible says, um, let the word of God dwell in your heart right. abundantly. Yeah. You know, um, it can actually give you a sense of peace and tranquility uh, to offset when you just look at the news and look at the world. You're going to be anxious and fearful and what's coming next kind of an attitude. I'm not minimizing what's going on out in popular right. culture or society. But nevertheless, we have an incredible resource here. 
for guidance, for comfort, for instruction, and for testimonies of people that went through a lot worse yes. than we went through. Yes. So we got to use this moment. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, as we continue along, we're doing an overview. Those that may have just tuned in, this is uh, 89.1 FM radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. As we close out this year of 2020, it's been an incredible year in many ways. Oh, yeah. Only have, what, one day left? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. one day left. <laughs> but I thank God for this radio station and we can get together, David, and get God's word out. Yes. So now let's look at another one. And we're going to jump a little bit in the Psalms, but we're going to pretty stay in the Psalms. But in Psalm 16, it's a very short psalm, often quoted again. In the, next, in the New Testament, but look what it will say. Um, you can just read like verse 1 through 4. I'm not uh, picking oh, it up. Psalm 16. Yeah. Preserve me, O God, for, for in you I put my trust. O my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. As for the saints who are on the earth, they are the excellent ones in whom is all his delight. Sorrow shall be multiplied who hasten after other gods. Um, then he, he goes down and he says um, this very important thing in verse 9. It says, Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Mm -hmm. You will show me the path of life, and your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now, uh, very, very interesting. Yeah. This is a, written a thousand years, okay, before our Lord comes to the earth, his ministry, his death, his resurrection. But if you look at Acts chapter 2, um, we're going to see this is directly applied to Jesus. And, and this is the famous sermon okay. where um, Peter is going to be speaking. Uh, many people will actually... Okay. Um, I got my internet connection back, so uh, okay, okay, I got okay. Acts 2, so okay. what do you want to go over? Um, look at um, <clears throat> Acts chapter 2, mm -hmm. and look at verse 25 through 28. Okay. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, you will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Okay, now, he, again, he's <clears throat> quoting from what we just read in Psalm 2. Yeah. And he's saying this, he says, David wrote this psalm. Okay, he's <clears throat> under the inspiration, <clears throat> he's writing this psalm. But he says here... Um, that this person, he's always with the Lord. He's, he's all, your face is always before me. He is at my right hand. But then he said, um, moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope, his body. For you will not leave my soul in Hades or the, or the grave, you see, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Well, this title, Holy One, you'll see it particularly in Isaiah. That's a reference to God. Okay. Yeah. The Messiah. Mm -hmm. He says, "You will not allow your holy one to see corruption." Um, well, corruption means that he might die, but his body won't decay. Mm -hmm. Peter's going to make a, a big issue of this yeah. when he goes in verse twenty-nine. He says, "Men and brothers, let me speak freely to you. The patriarch David, 
that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul would not be left in Hades, nor his flesh see corruption. In other words, he would rise from the dead. Yeah. He says it cannot apply to David because David's body is over there. Mm -hmm. Probably even mm -hmm. rather close to where he's preaching his sermon. Mm -hmm. So this thing written here yeah. is telling about the resurrection. Yeah. And this is a. This will also be explained in, uh, very important, I mean, it's in Acts chapter 13 also. Right. And this is where um, the Apostle Paul will be speaking, and he's going to say very similar thing that God will not allow um, his body to see corruption. Um, chapter 13 of Acts, and he, he'll say this in verse 35. Therefore, he also yeah. says in another psalm, you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right before that, he says, God has fulfilled this for their children in that he has raised up Jesus. As it is written in the second psalm, which we read earlier, mm -hmm. you are my son, today I have begotten you. Speaks of his incarnation, speaks of his resurrection from the dead. Yeah. It's all coming from Psalm 2 yeah. and yeah. Psalm 16. Mm -hmm. So when you start <clears throat> seeing this right. and how they link it together, yeah. there's not a lot of different directions you can go in. You know, I mean, especially as you move to, um, I don't know if you did any of the work on Psalm 20. 22, 23, 24. 22 is a big one. Now yeah. that's the crucifixion psalm. Right. I don't know if you have any work on that, David, but I'm just uh, grateful for the people that are listening in this morning. And I hope that this strengthens your faith and it causes you to look back into the Old Testament, particularly the, the book of Psalms. I don't know if we're going to get through with it today because you just get into a couple and before you know it, you know, you're really down the road on this. Yeah, so so Jan, um, yeah, in terms of Psalm 22, uh, there's a lot there. Um, and you know, you think about, uh, let's see. So Psalm 22, 14, a, from the Messiah's body will flow blood and water. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. Okay, so yeah. let's. that's an excellent place where you get a picture of this dying man. Right. But one of the, Jesus makes seven statements on the cross, right? Yes. But one of the statements he makes to the crowd mm -hmm. that was around him was this Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why yes. have you forsaken me? Yeah. And why are you so far from helping me? In other words, he's saying... Um, he cries that out. Now, we don't know everything that's happening on that cross because no. a lot of it had to do between the son and the father. Mm -hmm. We know he's in excruciating pain. Right. And then he says, Psalm 22, verse 1, Why are you so far from helping me right. and from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season, I am not silent. So what happened on the cross? He was on the cross for six hours. Yeah. Three hours were daylight. And what happens for the other three hours? Yeah. God pulled darkness. Yes. It was like night. There right. you have it. There you have it. I cry in the daytime, and in the night season, I am not silent. And right. then he'll go on to this whole death sequence where he says in verse 7, maybe you have that, David, verse 7 and 8. 
All who see me mock me, and they hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord. They say, let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Now notice, this is in the first person, right? Yeah. Deus de, and what's happening at the foot of the cross? Who do you have there? Well, you have John, you have Mary, you have some of the women, but you have Roman soldiers, yes. yeah. you're probably Pharisees, scribes, mm -hmm. temple guards, hangers on, like right. people that want to go look at a hanging or uh -huh. something. And they're looking and they're mocking him. Mm -hmm. And they're, this is exactly what's happening a thousand years later. Then they trusted in the Lord. He's supposed to be the Savior. Yeah. Let him save himself. Right. And, and you know, mm -hmm. then there's nobody to, to help him. And he says, uh, verse 11, be not far from me, for trouble is near. He's dying, for there is none to help. Now notice what he says in verse 12. How does your translation look at this? Many bulls surround me. Strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Okay, what yeah. are the bulls? Well, who's there? Arm Romans in full mm -hmm. gear, mm -hmm. maybe helmets, uh, mm -hmm. armor, we don't know. But they're walking around the cross, they're mocking, yeah. they're looking at them. It says, they gape their me, at me with their mouths like a raging and roaring lion. He's using these animal metaphors, right? Right. And that's when it says what you said in verse 14. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It is melted within me. See, he's dying. You know, yeah. he's saying I'm, I'm, his bones are not broken. They cannot be broken because right. you've you got to fulfill that prophecy of the mm -hmm. Passover lamb that no bone would be broken. But his heart, you can imagine it's beating. He's just trying to keep, you know, pushing up to get breath. You know, he's got to keep pushing up. <laughs> Then he says, my strength is dried up like a pot shirt. My tongue, he's extremely thirsty. Yeah. You know, the dust yeah. kicked up and he's, he's, he's gasping. You have brought me to the dust of death. He's, he's like, but it's so picturesque of what's going on yeah. at the cross. Right. Now he's used these metaphors of animals, bulls, a roaring lion. And what does he mm -hmm. say in verse 16? Dogs surround me, a pack of villains encircle me. They pierce my hands and my feet. There you go. Yeah. Dogs in that context were Gentiles. Yep. You know, because they didn't eat kosher. And then, now yeah. he's saying they're around me. He, the picture is very clear, but this is very important. They pierced my hands and my feet. Right. They pierced my hands because back at that time, thousand years before Jesus comes, mm -hmm. time of David, capital punishment was usually by stoning. Or they might throw you off a roof or a cliff. Mm -hmm. But this is pierced my hands and my feet. That was brought in later by the Romans. You know, yeah. almost mm -hmm. 700, 800 mm -hmm. years later. But here it's so accurate to say, yes. not just to pierce my hands, but they pierced my hands and my feet. And he, he's, he's hanging and he's looking down. Look what it says in verse 17 and 18. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garments. There you go. Yeah. So here it is. He's hanging. Right. right. He's looking down. And then they took his garment. Yeah. And um, they cut that part, the outer garment. But the, but the one they cast lots because it was seamless. And the soldiers are down there. And they said, well, let's not rip this apart. Let's just throw dice. And one of us is going to win. Exactly what it says here. Yeah. Exactly. Isn't now, that incredible? you're left yeah. with the kind of yeah. proposition a, is this all a lie? Are the gospel writers that the test and they saw this happen, or is this indeed the truth? You know, um, I, I remember when we were looking at the facts um, 
that would say that the Bible is true. Mm -hmm. And one of them, uh, J. Warren Wallace, mm -hmm. was talking about, he was an atheist, right? And then he came to the Lord. But one of the facts he picks out was a science fact that they probably wouldn't have known, which is, you know, he's, Jesus says, you know, it talks about how the blood came out mm -hmm. and then water came out after that, that somebody visually saw that right. with Christ to verify that he was dead. The science wasn't behind water coming out later, just that whole sequence of events. So there's stuff like that which really has you realizing that, that these are eyewitnesses. This is a true story. This is really yeah, happening. Yeah, because they didn't yeah. have the science back then to even understand why the water was coming out. Exactly. They just uh, wrote down what they saw. Yeah, and it's all being fulfilled yeah, here. And then right. he says... Um, but you, O Lord, do not be far from me. Right. O my strength, hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Again, the Gentile. Save me from the lion's mouth. He reiterates these animal metaphors. And from the horn of the wild egg. Then it's, it, it yeah. goes down, mm -hmm. the, the tone of this. You know, he's suffering, he's yeah. dying in the dust. Of the, now it lifts here. Look what it says in verse um, 22 and 23. I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him, revere him. All you descendants of Israel. There you go. See, it's picking up here now. Right. And then it says, my praise shall be in, verse 35, shall be in the great assembly. I will pay my vows before those who fear him. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Mm -hmm. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. Yeah. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord. Yeah. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. So and for the kingdoms is the Lord's. There's the kingdoms again. And he rules all the nations. So now it lifts up resurrection, ascension, and the word of God is going out through all the nations. You see how it, it yes. really has an interesting sweep to it. Right. Um, and then he talks about the benefits. All the prosperous of the mm -hmm. earth shall eat and worship. Um all those who go down to the dust shall bow before him. Um, uh, uh, prosperity shall serve him. So now we see this idea of resurrection and Gentile mm -hmm. nations and people are coming to worship and to serve him. I don't know if you have any closing thoughts on that, but that there you see this whole idea of the crucifixion. This yeah. is often cited in the Gospels because they'll, they'll pick out different verses and say, this is what happened. This is how it happened. You know, how well, you know, John, I guess just to go back to the start, uh -huh. um, you know, I don't know if we communicated this right, but the book of Psalms is a collection of inspiring songs used to worship God. And um, I think most of them were written by uh, King David, right? Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a couple. I always thought Moses wrote more of them, but I think he only wrote one. Psalm 1, right? Or 1 uh, Psalm 90? Perhaps uh, it might have 90, been 90, 90 yeah. or 91. And then anonymous, yeah. there's like 48 remaining psalms uh -huh. uh, that were anonymous. So I didn't realize that David wrote so many of them. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah. when you look at um, the psalms, mm -hmm. uh, I think there's a total of 25 different psalms. One out of every six psalms include at least one messianic prophecy. One out of six? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, Okay. for every six psalms. But it goes down just beautifully with you know concerning the birth of christ uh you know and it just talks about the messiah's nature his name all the way through um the messiah will be eternal the messiah is a creator of all things in psalm 102 it goes all the way wow. down that's interesting concerning the messiah's ministry it's a perfect story 
to tell the story yeah, of Christ's right. coming. I mean, right. how do you explain that? It's, it's hard. You can't. Yeah. So, so um, now here we have the death. Okay. Right. Now that leads us into Psalm 23. Okay. Yep. We're going to see these three Psalms are linked. 22, 23, 24. Okay. But here we see, of course, the famous Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, and it goes to describe. We'll look at a couple of these in right. a moment. But what is interesting is this idea of shepherd. And, and in Ezekiel 34, God speaks of false shepherds. They just are in it for pay. They're not interested in God's people, what you call the sheep. Uh-huh. But then it says in, in Ezekiel 34, verse 11, For thus says the Lord God, Indeed, I myself will search out for my sheep and seek them out, as a shepherd seeks out his flock. And the day is among that is scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a dark and cloudy day. So here God is saying he is the shepherd. Uh, he will seek out his sheep. He will bring them into the fold. He will protect them. When you get to John chapter 10, mm -hmm. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. So mm -hmm. if you're a Jewish person and familiar with the Old Testament and Psalms, Jesus is declaring himself, he's inserting himself in yeah. these descriptions of God being the shepherd. See? Mm -hmm. And what does Jesus come to do? He says, I came to seek and to save that which yes. was lost. Right. So when you get to Psalm 23, again, we get the crucifixion, his death, you know, resurrection, so to speak, in Psalm 22. Psalm 23 is the attributes of our Lord Jesus as a shepherd. I shall not want. He's mm -hmm. going to fulfill your deepest needs. Yeah. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. That is to say, he gives us rest. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for him's sake. Um, he prepares a table verse five, before me in the presence of my enemies. Now consider when Jesus does the feeding of the 5,000. Now that is the only miracle that's in mm -hmm. all four Gospels. Mm -hmm. Gospels have some overlap, yeah. some don't. That, not that one. All four Gospels. But if you read that, you'll find that's a great multitude. There's at least 5,000 men present. Uh, they're in a green pasture. They're in green. It even says there's much grass in the area. They were, okay? And the first thing he'll do is teach them. And then after that, he's going to feed them physical food. Now, look at this. Here's Jesus, the good shepherd. Yeah. They're sitting down. He says, have them all sit down in clumps of 50 and 100. Maybe right. make it for easier for distribution of the bread and also to get the yeah. estimate, correct estimate of the crowd. He's standing up. He blesses the loaves and fishes. He passes it to his minor shepherd, so to speak, to pass out to the, all these groups. But when they look up at that, they're sitting in green grass. First thing he did was teach them to restore their soul. Yeah. Now he makes them lie down in green pastures. Now he's preparing on the table before the presence of my enemies. They were in Roman-occupied country there. Yeah. He is the true shepherd. Yeah. You see, boom, boom. And that's why the people look up at him. He, they say he is the prophet that was yes. prophesied to come. Amen. Boom. Yeah. It's a beautiful picture it how he, you know, you, you unfold it. Yeah. And um, there you see it. So we see the crucified, risen Savior, chapter, uh, Psalm Chapter 22, the shepherd role of Jesus, clearly we see that. And it says, um, he's with us all the time. Verse 4, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You prepare a table before me. And then it says in verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell, future, yeah, yeah. in the house of the Lord forever. See, it goes from mm -hmm. the days to eternity mm -hmm. here. 
now we go to his glorification in Psalm 24. And maybe you could read that um, verse 1, uh, uh, yeah, 1 and 2. That sure. will establish it. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. So now he's going to say, okay, who's, who can go into God's presence? Right. Verse 3. Who can ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who right. shall stand in the holy? He who has clean hands, a pure heart. That means our conduct and our heart. Exterior, interior. Who has not lifted up his soul to an idol. And he'll receive blessings of the Lord. You talked about that earlier. You're receiving blessings from the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. Then it says... Uh, verse 7, mm -hmm. lift up your heads, O you gates, be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates, lift up your everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of This is, remember when Jesus comes in on Palm Sunday, in through the gates, uh -huh. and they're singing, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You see that this kind of a, yeah. uh, has this yeah. kind of... But it also may have that his ascension, when he ascends to heaven and he's enthroned at the right hand of the Father. You see, the gates mm -hmm. are open. And he is. So here we see very clearly, you know, this ministry of our Lord going forward. And um, in these three Psalms, I think it's kind of an easy way to remember it. In Psalm 22, right. Psalm 23. And um, now we move forward. Do you have any Psalm prior to Psalm 40, David, before 40 that you want to look at? Otherwise, we're going to go to 40. Well, you're going to go where? Uh, Psalm 40. Yeah, that's actually where I was going to go. Oh, good. No, go no so I'll let you. Well, Tee it um, up. You, all, you all right. It. Well, the, the Messiah will reveal that the Hebrew scriptures were written of him in Psalm 40, 6 through 8. And sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burn offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, behold, I have come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. And they still didn't get it. You know, it's just, a, it's amazing. Um, but, you know, that that is really a, a key scripture right there. And, he, you know, interestingly enough, that scripture, David, it's quoted in Hebrews chapter 10, uh -huh. where it says, verse 5, Therefore, when he, Jesus, came into the world, he said what you just quoted, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. That's the incarnation. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure. Then I, Jesus, said, Behold, I have come. And then he says, In the volume of the book it is written of me. What book? The Old Testament, mm -hmm. the scroll. That's what we're studying in the Old Testament. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In the volume of the book it is written me. What? To do your will, O God. Yeah. That was his whole intention of coming here. Not my will, but thy will be done. Mm -hmm. It's coming from Psalm 40. The writer to Hebrews is using that, and he's locking it in. Our Savior's here. Yeah. Any other thing that you brought out on Psalm 40, David? It's a very interesting verse. And then, when you when you look at it, it it's there's very interesting how Jesus comes and willingly uh, gives his body a sacrifice. But he says in verse eight, "I delight to do your will, O God. Right. I delight to do your will. Your law is with." Then he says, I have proclaimed the goodness of righteousness, verse 9, mm -hmm. in the great assembly. The good news is the gospel. Indeed, I do not restrain uh, you yourself. Know this. Right. And he says, um, 
the idea says in verse 13, Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be ashamed and brought to mutual confusion. Verse 14. Mm -hmm. Who seek to destroy my life. Let them be driven backward and brought to dishonor who wish me evil. Let them be confounded of their shame who say to me, Aha. Now, notice this. When they come to take Jesus to arrest yeah. him in the garden, yeah. and they said, uh, he says, who do you seek? This is Roman guards, yeah. temple guards with lanterns and swords. He, Jesus says, I am he. What does that crowd do? Do you remember? They fall backwards yeah. to the ground. These guys were not used to falling backwards to the ground. It's in the Gospel of John. Hmm. It's just what it says here. Let them be ashamed who seek to destroy my life. Let them be driven backward and brought to dishonor. They're driven backward. And they don't even know. It's just the power of his word at that moment. Oh, wow. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, let me show you that. And uh, I huh. want to make sure I have the right uh, in John. Um, so you have the context. And for our listeners, too. So the Roman guards fall backwards. Exactly right. Huh. He come, they come to him. Uh, uh, and um, they probably didn't even know what was going on. I mean, yeah. you know, when they, when they sure. come, it says... Uh, Jesus, uh, it's in John chapter 18, uh, chapter 18, mm -hmm. verse uh, 4 through um, 6. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. And Judas the traitor was standing there with them. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Look at that. Yeah. Wow. I didn't catch <laughs> These are that. people yeah. not used to falling to the ground for nobody. Hmm. These were hardcore soldiers, temple guard, you know, with lanterns and swords. But when he says that, it's just... So what just, was that? The power of the Holy Spirit? Could have been. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, could have been. Something. Because that title, he's saying, I am he. He is saying this to unbelievers that are coming mm -hmm. to arrest him. Mm -hmm. And the power of his word at that moment... It could be something very spiritual going on here, but it knocked them down. I would have, I would have high-tailed it the other way. If that but it's what it says in Psalm. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let them be driven backward and brought to dishonor right. who wish me wow. evil. You know, I never, I never caught that, John. Yeah, I never. Yeah. Wow. So um, it, it's amazing. It's just amazing when you uh, move with the scripture and see what it's, uh, how it's being fulfilled. Then you go in chapter forty-five. Yeah, there's a good one there. You got that on your notes, I bet. Well, um, I have uh, the Messiah will communicate a message of mercy, or do you want to do one, a different one? That's 45 too. Yeah, that's fine, David. Um, you are the most handsome of the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. Um, there you see the titles, uh, you know, the kind of messianic title here. Um, verse 4, in your majesty, ride prosper prosperously. Uh, then it says, um, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. That's verse 6. Uh -huh. yep. And that's applied in Hebrews chapter, that's quoted in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. Uh, you love righteousness and hate wickedness. That's very important. He loves righteousness and hates wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you. There's the Christus. There's the, he is the Christ, Okay with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Um, then he, he'll go on and he'll just say, um, he is the king, it says in verse 11, so the king will greatly desire your beauty because he is the Lord. Worship him. Um, 
on and on. Uh, and it says, um, instead, your father shall be your sons whom you should. So all of these things will, will declare his um, sovereignty, his royalty. Yeah, he is the right. king. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no doubt uh, what's going on here in verses 6 and 7. And then as we move uh, to chapter, there's a lot of different ones, but oh, there are. chapter 68, and we've got a little bit of time left. We'll look at this. Chapter 68 um, is where we're going to see they'll extol him, verse uh, 18. You see where it yep. says, when you, ascend, when you ascended on high, you took many captives. You received gifts from people, even from the rebellious, that you, Lord God, might dwell there. There. So he's using that, that mm -hmm. quotation. Right. He ascends yeah. on high. That will be quoted again in Ephesians, that very uh, verse um, that he ascended on high. Um, he have led captive, captivity captive, uh, and you have received gifts among men. And from the rebellious, the Lord God might dwell there. So here we see in this resurrection uh, and the ascension yeah. of our Lord here. And then uh, 68 verse 18. You'll see that in Ephesians 4 verse 8. I'll just quote it. It's just, I find it interesting how the New Testament writers pull and use yeah. these psalms. And they insert it into their letters to show this prophecy has been fulfilled. It's in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8. And it has application for us today where he'll say this. Um, but Verse 7. But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. Now, this is he that ascended. What does that mean? But he first descended. So Jesus came down, earthly ministry. Then he goes back up. But in that process, he gives gifts uh, he gives some apostles and prophets and evangelists and teachers, but he also gives the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But I'm just trying to show how these two are uh, related. And then if you just go move a little bit over to chapter 69, Psalm 69, you'll see more of the um, prophetic uh, uh, prophecies uh, about Jesus. Psalm 69, verse 4. Right. Um, yeah. Those who hate me without reason outnumber the hairs of my head many are my enemies without cause those who seek to destroy me i am forced to restore what i did not steal yeah i mean mm -hmm. he's done nothing wrong but these people are uh, coming after him and he is it says in psalm 53 uh, isaiah 53 he is a man of grief acquainted with sorrows mm -hmm. he's reproached he's done nothing wrong he's mm -hmm. totally innocent and then he says, verse 7, same Psalm 69, Because for your sake I have borne reproach, shame has covered my face. But look at verse 8. I have become a stranger to my brothers, an alien to my mother's own children. Now, if you study the Gospels, there's numerous times where Mary comes out with his brothers, it says. They don't believe he yeah. is the Messiah. And it's hinted here, I have become a stranger to my brothers and an alien to my mother's children. Then it says, Because the zeal for your house has eaten me up, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. Well, th th that's what he'll say when he goes into the temple. He'll say, The zeal for your house has eaten me up, and he cast out the money changers. It's right. all coming right, right here. Yeah. You know, very interesting how it, um, I don't know, just the arrangement of it all. 
And then in verse 21, um, or you could read verse 20 and 21, David. Sure. Scorn has broken my heart and has left me helpless. I looked for sympathy, but there was none. For comforters, but I found none. They put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. There it is. Mm -hmm. He's getting no help while he's on the cross, right? Right. It says, um, nobody's taking pity on me. I found no comforters. Even his apostles, all of them fled except John, who right. was probably there with Mary. Yeah. But then what do they give him? They gave me gall for my food, and for my thirst they gave me vinegar to yeah. drink. So they gave, you know, they put it on a sponge. Yeah. They put it on a stick to lift it up, you know. And so it's interesting. The Messiah is dying, right? Mm -hmm. And he can't even get a little drink of water. And he says to us, whoever is thirsty, let him come unto me, and out of your belly will come rivers of water meaning the holy spirit yeah. but then he gives us the new wine right in the new covenant and what does man give him sour wine yeah. what is vinegar yeah sour right. wine right. and he won't take it you know they used to do that to numb the prisoners right before they did but it's right here it's saying this is what they did in high detail so again you know he's not appreciated by his brothers he's a stranger in his own family then he goes to the temple the zeal of your house has eaten me up then we see him, nobody's comfort him. He's in tremendous pain and suffering. And all they're going to give him is uh, basically gall uh, for his, uh, his drink. So then we move. Uh, we're going to start wrapping it up here. Yeah. And we'll look at a couple others if we do this next week, if we can continue. But in Psalm 78, verse 24, um, Psalm 78, uh -huh. verse 24, um, he rained down manna for the people to eat. He gave them the grain of heaven. Okay, so now what is that's what Moses did when he prayed that right. they needed bread. Right. But what does Jesus do at the feeding of five thousand? He gives them manna, or he gives them bread. The grain of heaven. Yeah, the grain of yeah. heaven. You know, see, and eternal so, uh, life. Yeah, I mean, it's just human uh, beings ate the bread of angels. He sent them all the food they could eat. But now he. He is the bread of life. Right. He is, you know, the thing about when you study this, when they were in the wilderness and Moses prayed that they, they were complaining about the food and God sent this little um, bread, manna, they call it. It means what is it? You know, but if you look at the manna in the right. description, it's in Numbers. Mm -hmm. I think it's also in Deuteronomy, but it, it's, it comes down very softly. It's round. Mm -hmm. It's white in appearance. They must pick it up daily mm -hmm. and if they don't they step on it well think about jesus he came down from above very humbly born i mean mm -hmm. in a basically yeah. in a stable in a barn maybe yeah. a cave right he is round in, in the sense he's eternal no beginning no end mm -hmm. he's pure white yeah. there's no spot or blemish but each one of us is required to pick him and choose him but if we don't we step on him we discard we don't want any part of him we just use his name as a swear word am i right yeah so there you see, when you see he came down, he is the true manna come down from heaven, and we can all partake of that. It's just amazing uh, how you see this, this connection. The, the, the detail is incredible. It, it just can't happen um, just like that. No, no. All right, let's finish up, David, on uh -huh. uh, Psalm 102. Oh, that's a good one. You got some things on that. Um, well, let's see. Well, actually, I think I had Psalm 107. I was, uh, We'll do 107. Uh 
The Messiah will come the stormy sea. I, I, I like that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Psalm 107, 28 to 29. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. You know, I mean, that's a perfect description of what happened on Lake Galilee. Yes. You know, it says, uh, number one, those that go down to the sea, you know, uh, what does it say? Um, verse 23, those who go down to the sea and ships do their business on the great waters. They see the works of the Lord. In other words, the, the good part of the apostles were fishermen. They went down to the ocean. Right. They went to the, so yeah, they, they were they doing were their business, literally. Right. Yeah. But what happens? He commands and raises the stormy wind, which lift the waves in the sea. They mount up to the heavens, they go down. And their soul melts because of the trouble. These are the apostles, you know, the fall. They reel to and fro and stagger like drunken men. They are at their wits' end. Because mm -hmm. even though they're professional sailors, they, they don't know what to do in this storm. No, I'm kidding, yeah. What do they do then? They cry out to the Lord. Where's mm -hmm. the Lord? He's sleeping in the bow of the ship. Right, yeah. In their trouble. And he brings them out of their distress. He calms the storm. Mm -hmm. And he stills the waves, and they are glad because they are quiet. And he guides them to their desired haven. He does that for them right there in the gospel, right? And then it says, um, they, they, you have this admonition, right? Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for mm -hmm. his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the assembly of the people and praise him in the company of the elders. Right. And this is how we end this, Dave, this show this year, mm -hmm. uh, last uh, radio program of the year, with this simple statement, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let us, let them exalt him also in the assembly of the people, and praise him in the company of the elders. Yeah. And there it is. There it is. There it is, David. And, it, uh, you know, John, with the pandemic, you know, it's almost like if you're feeling like you're in that storm and you're crying out, this this is the time to to ask for the Lord's help and to become a follower of Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, it, what's interesting is, is what we've been talking about, how he lays calm in the boat. Yeah. And even now, th this is a blip on the screen. It It's... You know, it's it's gonna pass just yeah. like the storm is gonna pass for the uh, the disciples, and this is the perfect time to come to him if you're feeling like this. He's there and yeah. he's stable regardless of the environment that you're in. Exactly right. Regardless of the environment that you're in, I don't know how else to say that to people because they're searching for it with drugs, alcohol, or whatever else. Uh, and it doesn't stable, stabilize you for more than an hour. Right. You know, once that buzz is gone, then what? You're still left right. with your reality. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and Jesus, he, he is seeking right. to save the lost. Right. And, and if somebody's listening this, 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 to this hour, this program mm -hmm. we're doing today, today and maybe yeah. you have doubts, maybe you used to go to church or you, right. you prayed at one time or you turned your back on the things of the Lord... God's mercies are new every morning, and he's calling out to you. Mm -hmm. And if you're hearing this this morning, uh, or tape show, that is to say, in the evening or in the afternoon, right. just call out on the Lord. And, you know, I mean, th there's so many places you can turn to and so many good churches and places you can hear and, and, and receive uh, just the guidance that you might need. But Jesus says, call upon me, uh, you know, 
and I will show you great and mighty things that you can't even imagine. Yeah. And the process is simply be willing by faith to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Admit you're a sinner, turn to him as your Savior, and then get grounded in the Word of God. As it says in Peter, as a newborn baby, desire the sincere milk of the Word. Start getting the Scripture into you. Right. I would suggest starting with the Gospel of John and just read one chapter per day. That's a great book. You know, just great one book. chapter per day. Yeah. And pray that God would reveal himself to you. So God bless you all. And uh, David, it's been a great year. Yes. I mean, there's been a lot of ups and downs. Yes, there have, a, but... You can't deny this, you know, right. the situation. But nevertheless, God is on the throne. He's working out his plan. Uh, his word never changes. Never. Prayer, God, God answers prayers. Mm -hmm. And uh, just pray for everybody listening that you have a blessed, safe, and prosperous New Year as we go into 2021. And that you may grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God bless you all. God bless happy you. Happy New Year. Have a happy New Year. Happy New Year, David. Bye-bye. Thanks, John. You too.